live. And our next guest on the podcast is someone with whom I've circled like a moon around a comet going from here to there. But unlike a moon and a comet, despite the fact that we've worked for several of the same publications, we've actually rarely worked there at the same time. Like the social butterfly that he is, he spent time at outlets like Android Authority, Future, and most recently, he's at Pocket Now or Busy Pixel Media, as it were, as the chief content officer. Nirav Gandia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. That was a, a very interesting introduction. But yeah, <laughs> I'm actually shocked we've well, never, I mean, never been in the same place at the same time. It's bizarre. No, we have. I mean, I, th- I think we I think we had a minute at like Android Authority where we were like both there at the same time. It was a couple of months, I think. It wasn't a hell of a lot of time. But we didn't even but... work together in that time. Like I was off in oh, my own no, no, no. world, you know. Right, right, right. So, um, but uh, but yeah, so that's and actually, let's just uh, dive right in. Uh, first of all, I want to welcome anybody who happens to join us because this is. Oh, you know what? We for, I forgot to tweet about this again because since our little thing yesterday. But uh, anyway, that's fine. Um, if people show up, they show up. If they don't, they don't. That's good. Um, so what I was talking about offline was uh, my phone started blowing up. Um, right as we're about to go live. And the reason it was doing that is because I am a geocacher. And um, the thing about geocaching is is uh, one of the things, the only thing that I ever do in geocaching these days is called the first to find, which means when a new cache comes out, you're the first one to go find it. And that's really all I do these days. So it's like not it's not a real big priority to me like geocaching anymore. I'll still do it if I like go on vacation or something, but for the most part, um, you know, I'm all about these first to finds and there's an event going on and yep, they just published. God damn it. So anyway, there's an, a big event going on tomorrow. And, um, and typically what happens around an event cache is a bunch of cachers will put out a bunch of new caches to go along with that event. Now, typically with this particular event, which is in, it's like, 12th year of, of like they've had this event annually every year for like 12 years and typically what happens is the new caches get published between 6 p.m and 8 p.m that evening well today they got published at 3 p.m and while i would normally love to be running out the door and going to grab these things i'm stuck here with you no i'm just kidding i love you and you know what i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't trade this for anything but I would like to point out that if things hadn't gotten screwed up yesterday, I could have been in the car already. But anyway, however, so anyway, however, yeah. however, hey, we've got a Phil Nickinson here. Hey, Phil, how you doing? Oh, um, and he, he's hi, Phil. Yeah, right. So uh, anyway, uh, Nirav, the reason, the main reason I wanted to talk to you is because a, you're awesome, and b, because despite the fact that we worked at like three different places together, I've never had you on a podcast before. Or so did we wait? Actually, were you on Techbeard once? I don't remember. I think we tried, but I I, I don't think it worked. Yeah, that would that, like, that sounds from, about like you know. I'm gonna be honest. I, I want to say Tombstone is just gonna say tried a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah. And that's hey, that's that's a good legacy, man. I can respect that. But uh, anyway, so yeah, we've never podcasted before, so I wanted to have you on and uh, and chat with you. Now, one of the one of the things that just happened was CES just came and went, and Digital Trends opted to cover it remotely. Basically, they made it optional for those who wanted to go could go uh my editor was going to go but then he's just like it's mobile so it's ces why why would i um but anyway so you did go though you were on the floor at ces and so i wanted to talk about that because this was a very unique ces to be a part of in person like virtually sure but like being being there in person i just wanted to kind of get your impressions of it so let's start off with like just a quick overview so we as to like yeah for the whole of Busy Pixel, it became an optional thing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people, you know, the only person who it wasn't optional for was my one of my editors out of Ireland because I was like, nope, I'm not taking that risk. Not worth the risk of you flying you in, etc. But it was fully yeah. optional for everyone else. Many okay. of the team decided not to go. It wasn't worth it. Uh, I, you know, I discussed this with all the managers, which was, I think part of i think why we did it this way you know it's very much a 
this is not a me decision. This is a collective decision. In the end, from, from yeah. BPM, it was just me, Jaime, and Diego. And it was really interesting. Even me. I was umming and ahhing, umming and ahhing. And it was only on the Friday before that I had cancelled all my hotels. I had kind of cancelled my flight. I'd changed the flight six, seven times. I'd cancelled it, booked a new one, really umming and ahhing. And then the day before, I was like, ah, sod it. Why not? It literally became a, I would, I just want to be there. And okay, it's a fascinating show. For me personally... That's one way to For put me it. personally, the reason to go was obviously it's CES. Obviously, it's, it's you know in the middle of a pandemic, etc. There were some people coming out of the UK, but this is also the first major trade show since I had a whole lot of health stuff like heart related, etc. So it was like, yeah, can I get back to being the guy I used to be? And it was a, I think the words interesting test is the best way to put it. Um, okay, wasn't definitely wasn't didn't go as smoothly as i may have hoped but um it was all in all a really interesting and the main thing about it was it was slow it's the first okay even my first mwc 13 years ago was busier than my calendar for ces i'm I'm, you know i'm trying to picture a slow ces and i'm having trouble doing that imagine where you're like are people still here where you all your meetings are cancelled in in advance pretty much yeah i literally had showstoppers pepcom and one other thing to go to nothing mm-hmm. else uh wow. i didn't right. actually make it to the show floor i was like hey, i'm done i'm good and i also didn't want to risk covid etc so i completely people who went to the show floor i i feel like i missed out but even a pepcom sure we all know that a Pepcom and a Showstoppers is like, hey, let's pack everyone like sardines into the most cost-effective room we can find. Right. Oh, yeah. Definitely. There was more floor space than people. Really? Empty floor wow. space. Mm. There was How many wide... bars were there? I'm just curious. There was <laughs> two or three never got packed. It was, it was like slow. There were a few interesting companies, but it was really apparent um, just how much was missing. And it was okay. it was it was just like, okay, really glad I went, got to experience it, but I hope there's no other shows like this. Mm, okay, so like my ex- my impressions from CES are you know similar to like Pepcon. I remember. One time for it was either Showstoppers or Pepcom. I can't remember which one it was, but like the ante room, like the room that you go into, like before you get let into the show. I remember that just being like stuffed to the gills and like people stretching out. Like, so for people who haven't been to Las Vegas, you have to understand when you walk in the front door of a hotel and you're going to a ballroom in that hotel, it's a half mile walk, give or take. And so like, I remember the one show we went into, like where you had to go get your registration. That room was just like packed like sardines. And then there were people like vomiting out into the hallway, like for another 800 feet like just lined up against the walls sitting down like it was just like there were like people everywhere and so and and to say nothing about the show floor and i i know you said your your experience on the show floor was limited but i'm just trying to imagine like a ces where i'm not having to like you know go through a cattle a cattle corral i can give you an example of what this ces was (laughs) and it's really obscure okay okay it reminds me of the one and only time I've been to another show that also took place in Las Vegas. Okay. Any idea what I'm talking about? Oh, God, I have no... Was it a tech show? Another or? tech show. Been around longer huh. than CES, I believe. A no longer exists. Oh, well, uh, I don't know. CTI. Uh, no idea. Oh, okay. It was just okay. a little bit busier than CTIA. I mean, it was obvious. If you look at the numbers... What do they say? Normally it's 160, 170,000 to 200,000 people. This year was 40,000. Yeah. Hmm. So a quarter wow. of the size. A quarter of the people. Less yeah. than now, even. Were they still stretched out like through the three convention halls? I mean, did they still have like all that going on? I don't on, or fully I... know because I didn't. Yeah, go, I mean, again. I, I do know there was central, there was north, there was south. 
But then they also had this whole other convention hall. They had the Venetian area. The busiest thing for me, the thing that I saw that was busier, you know, busy than any, like, oh my God, this feels like a CES, was Samsung's mm-hmm. pre-CES keynote the night before. If you look at my That's tweets, not shocking. that was packed. <laughs> like, that was packed. There was That was when we saw a line of people. But even when I went to get my badge, it was like empty at the airport. The airport felt mm. busy. It felt as busy as a normal CES. But it, okay. I think Las Vegas on a Sunday, it's always going to be busy. I think if you go to Vegas, right. like, I think a normal C now in hindsight, I'm like a CES, oh, that's really, that, that was quiet. Normally it'd be like packed. The lines for people to get the badge, there was no line. Oh wow! There was nobody I else remember. there, and that's a shocker on the de- on the Sunday because s- normally there's tons of people. I come in on that Sunday all the time, or, you know, on that same amount of time gap, all the yeah. time. There's always people. Yeah, yeah. I remember 2019, which was the last year I was there. Um, there was a line. Shoot, I was probably 200 200 people deep by the time I got into it. Um, and so, yeah, I could, I can, I'm just trying again, I'm trying to imagine this and it's just, it's just not coming to me. I can't, I can't fathom it. But, um, so like, so do you feel that your attendance at CES was worthwhile? Did you, I mean, was it worth it for you? Or, I mean, did you, were you able to, uh, I know you said you kind of had personal goals there as in addition to professional goals. So like, what was the, uh, what was the sum total there? Hmm. That's a tough one. Okay. From a business perspective, no, it wasn't worth it. In my, do I, in my, do actually, I, you know what? There was some bits that was worth it. Some interesting conversations, some things that were there, but nothing by way of like, oh my god, this was necessity. Personally, I'm okay. glad I went because it was, you know, I hate to miss a trade show. Sure. Sure. Last year was the first so, MWC in 13 years that I hadn't been doing. That was because it thankfully came off. But I was like, I'm like, live and breathe shows and that environment. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I guess if I, I, it's hard to say yes or no to an answer like that. I'd have to put it on a sure. scale of one to five. How uh, how worth was why was it? Okay, one, one to five. What do you got? Nothing. Five being worth it. I'll flip between a three and a four. Probably okay. around a three. All right. And normally, I'm just saying when I every work... show is a six. Right. Well, sure. Sure. And especially like, cause I know you're very heavily, like your, your whole career, you've been always been about like the interpersonal relationships, relationship building, shaking hands, kissing babies, you know, that whole thing. So yeah, like, sure maybe not at some point, let's be honest, the kissing babies part. But like, so I could see like why a trade show would be like, you know, near Evan is in his natural environment. So I spent all of 21 gearing up for CES. Hmm. As a business, we have lifestyle sites. I have an expansion of our tech sites. You know, it's not just Bucking Out. We have XDA, which is a big site. Right. We have App Advice, which is an app analytics business and an app content machine. I have two, mm-hmm. uh, three, no, four lifestyle sites all under my purview, you know? Yeah. Um, I think there was. To me, I'll always reflect on CES 22 as a missed opportunity. For you or for CES or for... I think for me and my business, it was a missed opportunity. Okay. And that wasn't down to our choice. That was down to... Plus, I took over Busy Pixel Media April 2020, mm-hmm. May 2020, whatever, okay. whatever the date was, which makes this... The first trade show since. Yeah, and for I someone guess it would be. who's like <laughs> all about the relationship and trade show life, yeah. it was like this is the opportunity, and that honestly yeah. feels like it was ripped away. And it's hard because the next CES is a year away, right? And there's a lot of US and- stuff that happens there. Now, don't get me wrong; we've got the MWCs and etc. of the world, hopefully, but like it's a. It's almost that false start. There's a lot. There's a lot. You know, anyone who's it feels that we're here, he'll know what I'm talking about. But any of the mobile nations people know what I'm like with a show when it comes to like awards, like all of these 500 different things, and those yeah. were all stripped back this year. And it, it was it, it's going to be interesting, but also like 
painful in that regard, you know? It's, it's got to be frustrating. I mean, it's got to be really frustrating, especially like watching, you know, I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I like I watched CES get systematically dismantled over a period of about 24 hours <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, it was like somewhere around mid-December, like, OK, we're out. Okay, December we're 17th. Out. OK, we're out. I think. What was it December 14th 17th? or 17th? <laughs> it was no, it was 17th of the thing. I'll tell you exactly which one it was. One second. It was uh, Okay. I remember this clearly. It was not that week. Yeah, it was Tuesday the 14th of December was the day when it all or the 15th something like in that those couple of days yeah. was when it all went complete downhill. And it reminds me of MWC 2020. There was a 24-hour period that I remember clearly where it was like everything's going ahead to oh my god the entire world you know I, I I laugh when I think back to I was one of the people complaining like hell about MWC 2020 being cancelled and it was like mm -hmm. uproar that oh my god this virus it, it's taken over our lives and changes and then all of a sudden it's like two years later we're like whoa what in god's name happened there what yeah right you know like oh, oh, oh that's scary and mm -hmm. ces was very much the same i think if mwc gets cancelled next month the outrage and uproar won't be the same and the reason being is because it's like oh no oh no it won't be we've had ces cancelled and then now it's like oh we're expecting it and it's not like the world's changed in or improved in any way in the six weeks between them you know not a whole lot. No, no. In fact, uh, arguably worse. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And I, I'm just kind of wondering, like, and I'm, you know, personally, I'm looking forward to MWC. I, I, I haven't been told specifically that I'm going. I have been told to shop for hotels. So that's good. Uh, but I don't know if I'll be going or not. I don't know if anybody will be going. So those are decisions that are way, way, way above my pay grade. Um, I just know, you know, show up at the airport if they tell me to. That's basically the extent say that a staff fun, writer has. They're not fun decisions to make. I think that week I spent no. a good five to ten hours on conversations around CES as well as mm -hmm. uh, that final determination. And I held off. I was like, no, it's fine. But as soon as it all kind of collapsed, I was like, ah, uh, it... These are hard decisions to yeah. make because, you know, from a business perspective, it's not just, it's not just, oh, the show's cancelled. It's okay. Show's cancelled. Flights, what are we doing with them? Hotels, what are we doing with them? We always try and yep. book that free cancellation. But then from my perspective, I'm like, cool. Now, what are we going to do about awards? How are we going to approach this? How is this going to work? How are we going to do that? Traffic. What about the traffic? I mean, like what website about traffic, you know? Advanced stuff. Like, it's like, Okay, let's rip it all up and start again. And we always have sponsor commitments at every single show. So sure. what happened so how to do you, the how do you six those? figures that we were expecting to make on this show? Oh, crap. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll tell you. Yeah. Until everyone pulled out, we were going to do a busy party at CES. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't publicly made a thing, but I had the bar booked. I was like ready to bring and 50 to 100 people. And everyone who's been to one of my CES parties knows it's kind of crazy. It's kind of awesome. I just want to clarify for the listeners. When you say busy party, you mean a, a party for busy pixel media, not a party at which everybody is busy. Okay, so I just <laughs> wanted to make the, make the A busy pixel <laughs> media party, but, you know, we call it the busy <laughs> right. party. So, Right. Although it might be a fun theme, like... The first person to stop moving has to drink. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> but um, I'll tell you, I'm never yeah. worried about getting people drunk. That That's, that's well, the easiest not. part of my job. Which, uh, kind of a callback to Phil Nickinson's early comment. Where's the prosciutto, man? The prosciutto? <laughs> or is that, I, is that how you pronounce that? I don't even know. Prosecco, okay. I, Phil, I thought it was being shock horror. Since the spinal <laughs> surgery, I have not drunk. So Not it's been all? three months. I can't drink because I'm on certain like crazy amounts of medication, but I'll be sure. back to drinking by the end of this month. Prosecco is ready. In fact, all right. fun fact, I only had four different nights that I drank or six nights I drank in the whole of 2021 because obviously I had others health stuff that prevented me from drinking for the first six months. Oh, okay. And Prosecco right. gets me wasted after one glass. It's bonkers. Well, okay. 
So for the record, I am doing a dry January as well, so I'm right there with you. Um, although I will caveat that by saying my dry January actually started on January 5th. So <laughs> I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to February 5th just to keep it honest. But um, that's fine. Um, yeah, my, I was on my vacation. intention is I'm I'm drinking when I get to MWC. That's the game plan. Okay, there you. I'll join you. Oh yes, no sangria. <laughs> let's get let's get absolutely wasted on Carver. All right. I mean, I'll, I'm I'm up, I'm up for every anything. So actually, let's let's go ahead and transition forward to MWC. How do you, how do you feel about MWC? Is, is it going to happen? Are we gonna Are we gonna be in Barcelona? Are you gonna be in Barcelona? Is, I have a love what's, hate what's relationship with Barcelona. Love it. Okay. Been there thirteen times, thirteen years in a row. Hate it because I've been robbed three times in Barcelona. All right. And it's you know the so. people who do those, and I know enough other people who've been robbed, so it's full of scumbags. I was going to say, I've heard a lot of horror stories. So. Uh, I've had probably over 10 grand worth of gear nicked off me. I've been physically assaulted Oof. in the process as well in the first time I was... Yeah. Anywho, to put it all... To, to, the long and short is I'll be in Barcelona most likely. Or in fact, I'm very likely okay. as long as it goes ahead. It's a okay. question of whether it goes ahead. Now, the chances of it going yeah. ahead are not related to the GSMA. We discovered, obviously, in or you know, expected to discover, well, kind of discovered in um, 2020. You'd think they have tons of money. They can't afford not to put the show on because it literally right. makes them bankrupt. So the only time they, because they've got commitments to the government and all of those things, if the mm-hmm. Catalonia government or the Spanish government, the Spanish health authorities deem it's not possible for that show to go ahead, is the only way MWC is not going to happen. Are okay. any companies going to turn up? I don't That's know. That's the question. And I think that depends on what entry requirements are. Hell, like, since, you know, Brexit, it's going to be an absolute nightmare for me to go. But it's going to be, it's not as easy as me turning up in Spain with my passport. It's like, oh, wait, i got to do this, i got to do that, i got to do this. And it's kind of like, do I want to bother? Yeah, right. And so, yeah, so, I mean, personally, and, and this actually relates to CES as well. I was never really a candidate to go to CES because I had planned a vacation that overlapped the first two media days of <laughs> CES. And so I'm just like, don't send me, guys, unless you need some, like, floor monkey to, like, go around and on the floor, like, for the last three days. It's totally fine. But, um, but, two. but when it they comes to... short like, as well, didn't they? So... Right. They cut it short as... Yeah, two days. Yeah, right. right. But, like, personally, from, like, a... Uh, a COVID standpoint, I've been, you know, double vaccinated and boosted and I've had COVID. I'm about as protected as you can get. So like, I don't mind going to like a trade show. I'm not going to shake anybody's hand because that ship has sailed. Uh, (laughs) um, I will, I will maybe dole out a couple of hugs, but that's about it. And only because, you know, only for people that I haven't seen in three years at this point but like yeah so like you know i'll team fist bump and you know don't come too close to me elbow bump there you go my new favorite Um, is i'm gonna do a karate kid style like stand and then just like do a do a good old uh i'll we'll do play footsies foot five oh yeah dirty girl (laughs) uh but yeah so like uh, like i'll go i don't mind yeah, I don't feel like I have that all that much risk going uh, going into it. I mean, I'm on the wrong side of 40 and the wrong side of 300 pounds. But beyond that, I don't feel like I'm, I'm too terribly at risk. I just survived Florida, for God's sakes. I think I'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, survive but, that, um, you could survive anything, let's be honest. Right, exactly. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm just kind of curious as to, like, whether or not MWC will happen, if anybody will show up, if it does, you know, that's kind of... But that's 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 got me a little bit curious. But why don't we go ahead and transition the conversation over back to Nirav because that's what Beyond a Doubt is all about, talking to Nirav. So I wanted to talk a little bit about like what you're doing these days because you know you're you're the chief content officer for Busy Pixel Media, and you mentioned um, earlier that you have a whole bunch of sites under your purview so and this is the first time on beyond a doubt that we've talked to like an executive level person in charge of like an outlet you know most of the time we're talking to the uh to the folks on the ground maybe an editor or two but like you're you're even a couple steps above that so like i want to get into a sense as to like what you 
what you're doing over there. Like, you know, what? Why do people pay you, Nirav? That's my question. <laughs> like, what? It's a so question what, I what ask your, myself all the what, time. No, I'm joking. I, think I ask. It's... I constantly, constantly ask myself that question. <laughs> but anyway, so like, what do you? What do you? What's your gig over you there? You know, 15 years in, because this is my 15th year doing this industry. I think. Yeah, nice. something like that. Might even be no, it might even be a little bit longer than that. To be honest, I'm a little definitely on the jaded side of life. Um, <laughs> I think it's a natural progression. Anyone who's worked with me knows that I very quite a long time ago stopped caring about all the mind, the minutia of the day to day. I'd right. much rather be the conductor of an orchestra than someone playing an instrument. Is the best example I can okay. give you. And sure. what I, well, obviously what I, I kind of do everything at this point. I'm involved in hiring. I'm involved in strategy. I'm also involved in our entire business side. Uh, it's me and the CEO who run the business. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like a co-CEO in many ways. And nice. I, yeah, ELT, you know, it's really like delivering on all of the, ultimately everyone is kind of implementing the strategy that I've got in mind. And I, okay. I'm directing this, you know, the di- I, I'm setting the direction for the whole of Busy Pixel Media. Gotcha. Basically, yeah, that that that's it. Right. So most things, I actually have like, say, in about ninety ninety five percent of what happens in the business, or at least okay. or input in at least ninety five percent. You know, overriding say in most of that as well. From a high level, sure. Yeah. I mean, you probably don't care about like what news stories get published. or No, whatever, I actually but... do get very heavily involved in some of the day-to-day of XDA. I still write for a living. I still review stuff. Nice. Okay. And that's the thing that keeps me Good. passionate. Because we're going to talk about that ground. later. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But I, I think I did like last year, I did seven reviews. All right. And about, about 20 or 30 other articles. Which isn't a bad amount for like a an executive because I think I'll be the only I'm definitely the only like chief content officer or CEO person who actually still writes for a living. My yeah yeah I, that's that's not usual. Yeah, since so. since the days I was in retail, I used to hate, despise when uh, Mister Hotshot CEO would walk into a store and go here's all the things that's wrong and we're gonna fix and my response would always be like you do not have that clue what you're talking about yeah you have no idea what's going on and i've always said that regardless of where i get to i will always write i think and why because i don't actually do this for the money i mean i do partially let's be honest i do this because i I love bloody tech to the point where it's probably an obsession i totally i'm totally on board with that so so and and, and it seems like, and one thing that I've noted, uh, you know, Andrew Martinick is the editor in chief. We talked about him a little bit off air. He's the editor in chief over at Digital Trends, and I'm I was actually early on when I was working with Digital Trends, I was impressed to see Andrew Martinick's um, byline on several articles that were coming out of Digital Trends, and I'm just like, you know, it's really cool when you have like a big boss man who still gets down in the trenches and still does, you know, some of the some of the grunt work. So well, kudos to you on that, and kudos to Andrew as well. He's a very handsome, handsome man. The rule of thumb is leaders lead by example. Mm-hmm. Executives order and bark, you know, tell and bark orders. And I'm yeah. like, if some of the stuff we do, my intention is always like, okay, it's a hell of a lot easier for me to do it once or twice and kind of show you what or how I want to do things. And then you repeat it then try and get you to try and give you like lots of like little bits and bobs to go. Here's the, here's how I want to do it. It's so much easier to set an example and go, this is possible. And then go repeat this basically. And that, that's why I think the best leaders, bosses, managers, whoever are the ones who still get in the trenches. Yeah. Oh, 100% agree. 100% 100% agree. And like, um, you know, especially like when you watch shows like, uh, you know, Undercover Boss, where they have like the boss go in. That's exactly and, like, the show that inspired, that's inspired my approach to management is like, yeah, you want to know what's wrong and how to fix and whether this is actually doable? Do it mm-hmm. yourself and then find out. And what's it? 
And what I always found funny about that show was like they would show how like the boss was completely incompetent at that job. And it's just like, you know, you're running things. You should know how to do all of this. And, you know, I've I've been at companies where, you know, it's a policy for like, you know, the manager to take a day's worth of phone calls every month or something like that, you know, just to get a sense as to like what it's like actually working in the trenches. And so I'm, I'm glad to uh, I'm glad to see that you're emulating that as well. I'm my favorite one is like the day i lose the ability to write a news post is when i'm done <laughs> although and i'll <laughs> tell you now it is easier for me to sit down and write a bloody review even though it takes way longer than to than actually post? write a news post it, it's borderline you know, where it's like it's not that i can't do it it's just i can't be bothered to do it there's the difference well, and, and it's funny, like in my experience, I've been doing the, I've been freelancing for like a decade and I can probably count the number of news posts that I have written in that time on maybe a hand and a half. <laughs> like I just it's not that I don't want to do news. It's just I usually don't like it's it's there's always been like a news person wherever I've gone and it was never me I'm more of like a feature or review writer you know so like a lot of a lot of thought a lot of depth and a lot of like you know nuance as opposed to a news post which is just get this out there as fast as you can like and I and I kind of suck at that <laughs> so it, and it's one of my failings and I told them straight up at digital trends I'm like look if you want me to come on full-time and write news probably not your guy but like i'm i'm willing to learn i'm willing to do it <laughs> but uh just so you know FYI, there's not, not a, a lot of decision so at least you're self-replicating right, which right. is a good that's a, always a good way to be you know well i know i know what i know and i know what i don't know so and that's i don't know how to write good news posts i mean i mean i know how to write good news posts it's just i don't know how to write them fast i guess that's my my problem but uh, but so like what what got you started? You, you talked about retail uh, briefly, like where where what got you into like what made you make the jump from retail over to writing and content creation? So it's funny. I mean, it, this won't surprise anyone who actually knows me. The reason I end up launching my own my first ever site, because I was following coverage of a Nokia event and I was like, reading like this is when twitter came out i was reading like just after twitter came out i was reading like 10 uh a, a few sites and i was like y'all are crap i can do a better job <laughs> so i went and launched a website okay Not, what, what what website was that that back then was called mobile-users.net got rid of the domain uh, about four years that was a good test four years later in 2010 i launched ukmobilereview.com okay very much inspired by the mobile user of mobilereview.com of eldar murtazin fame i'm dating myself here because there are most mm. people in this current industry probably don't know who the hell i'm talking about i don't uh, <laughs> <laughs> During all of this time, I was one of the first O2 gurus in the UK. So like their, their version of Geek Squad. I was okay. the one of the first Vodafone tech team in the UK. I worked for Carphone Warehouse, who eventually they, they've got some merger stuff with. They At one point, Carphone and Best Buy were the same company in both. Carphone was, you know, Best Buy's mobile push in the US was actually inspired mm. by Carphone Warehouse. And Carphone Warehouse huh. and Curry's there, you know, that, that group's expansion into big box stores which actually inspired by the best buy side of things so what happened i'll tell you the fun story the tangent best buy and carphone yeah. teamed up carphone was actually the biggest independent phone retailer in europe with like nineteen thousand stores or something or something like no but nineteen thousand employees and like just phenomenal and best buy came in and said okay we want to buy a piece of the business so Best Buy bought 49% of Carphone Warehouse, Carphone Warehouse, and, and that group, Dixon's Carphone. Dixon's Carphone bought 49% of Best Buy. And they all teamed up to bring mobile to big box stores in America and to bring the okay. big box format to the UK. About three years later, it all fell apart. I was going to say, how'd that work out for him? <laughs> it went... To the crapper, basically. And okay. fun fact, yeah. Carphone Warehouse as a brand is now dead, basically. It's about to be... They're about to rebrand everything to the Curry's name. 
and Carphone cannot sell contract can only sell contracts with Vodafone because they you know Carphone Warehouse has a lot of predatory pricing in that they offer they buy their phones separately to the contracts and they were like trying to the one rule of thumb in this industry anywhere in the world is never screw with the carriers because they will bite you big time that checks out (laughs) as soon as the carriers dropped from Carphone was like where do if you can't sell pay monthly contracts what the hell are you going to do Right. So they, they were stopped from doing that. Anyway, I worked for them. I worked for the ill-fated Phones for You as one of their top store managers, even though I was part-time. And one of their top salespeople, even though I was part-time. Fun, my favorite. How can you be a store manager? How can you be a part-time store it manager? Was like, How does that even work? Uh, I was there for three, four days a week and three days a week. And then when I, during the summers, I'd go full-time. Because they had, a, it was like one of those that they had like two part-time store managers instead of one, actually. One full-time one. It was actually a okay. really fun thing. Really fun. It was funny that I was in their right. top 18 salespeople, top 19, 20-something like that, in the company, full-time and part-time, despite only working two days a week. Nice. Well, I mean, and you are, you know, at your core, I think you're a salesman. I mean, you know, you that's that's why you and I get along so well. I think I'm it's a, because... That's yeah. probably my ability to... I don't know how PC you want to keep this show. Give me a scale. Uh, I don't give a shit. One of my nicknames is Billy Bullshit. So, okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, I I say that about myself just for you know for giggles, basically. Uh, but anyway, and then I also yes, yeah, so I worked for all the retailers. I worked for the carriers. I did that for nine years, and for a large yeah. period of UK Mobile Reviews life, effectively, I was working in retail. 8 till 8.30 till 6 or whatever and waking yeah. up in the morning writing away scheduling news posts writing in the, my lunch break writing in the evening and for about a 5-6 year period my life revolved around phones for 18 to 20 hours a day no social life nothing but I right. had to do that because as a one man band I took it to over 4 million pages a month yeah, I'm, I'm familiar is, with I'm I'm familiar with the one man band part, not the four million pages a month. That's bigger part. than a lot of the UK sites that had staff. In fact, that's bigger than right. some of the UK sites that I've tried to acquire since. Well, that's that's awesome, and that's with so, big teams and now, stuff, and you know. And then I'll I'll give you the rest of it. Ran yeah. uh, gave up retail finally. Ran uh, joined a cloud computing company for about three months. Big mistake. No pay, but well, like low pay, but got me out of retail. Joined a right. major UK, re- like well, minor UK hardware retailer as an e-commerce developer, and built their entire, like built their, built a lot of their website. Joined Android Authority and Neoin. Joined Android Authority full time. Left yep. there after three and a half years, having done everything. Went to Mobile Nations and now run Busy Pixel Media. Nice. Nice. That's that is quite the journey. So when you, uh, I'm just curious. When you say you uh, you uh, built the e-commerce site for, I've already forgotten the name of the company you said. But, it was Robert Dyes. Uh, oh, Robert Dyes. Okay. So are you a are you a developer? Are you a code monkey? Are you able, or was it more of a project product management type of? No, uh, I built I built large parts of that website in HTML CSS. I'm not nice crazy talented. But there are people, you know, I will say if you go to XDA and Pocket, you go to XDA, Pocket now, we've just moved over to an entirely new CMS, which is nothing I don't do any coding for. But if you go to XDA and you look at any of our buying guides and things like that, the boxes, I actually built them in a weekend when I joined the company. Oh, cool. So I, you know, I, I, I dabble. I can build a website, no problem. Do I know the PHP stuff? No, never bothered to learn. But I know I can build the front right. end. My code's not great. And that's because I stopped caring about it because it's like, eh, I can hire people to do that. Right. Basically right. what it came down I, to, you know? I I honestly did not know that you had that skill. So that's, uh, that's it makes you even more impressive. Well, I so. think you <laughs> Well, yeah, sure. So, um, so what's the what you said you're still doing like reviews and and features and whatnot? What's the la- latest thing that you uh, that you wrote a review for? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, Z Flip three, iPad okay. Mini six, uh, iPhone thirteen Mini, I think, or the thirteen. Okay. And that's about it, I think. 
I've got a whole bunch of like working. XDA home stuff I'm going to do as part of our kind of expansion of XDA beyond mobile. So nice, nice. I'm actually working on my iPad mini review as we speak. So that's fun. <laughs> I'm calling it the better late than never review. <laughs> yeah, I would so, also say it's um, one of the single best products of 20 of, of like the last five years. Like that thing to me is an absolute game changer. To the yeah? point where I wrote okay. three and a half or 3,000 words on it using nothing but the on-screen keyboard. Oh, God. Why do you hate... Who hurt well, you? Well, okay, here's the fun <laughs> fact. When I write a review, I use the... Mm-hmm. This has been something I've done for nearly 15 years. And I okay. definitely was one of the first people to do that back then. I use the product itself to write the to review. To write the review. First iPad came out. I wrote a review on it in on the iPad, on the train. But also... <sighs> I used the iPad and Pages to create a 47-page document about all the different things on UK Mobile Review and how to, how to like, so I could train staff as a training guide. Wow. Did that on the train. On the train with the, I, with the iPad on-screen keyboard. Yeah. Okay. This is my, right. this and- is my, this is, I'm like, speed typer kind of thing like that. Well, God bless you. I, I I could not do that. Like, so I'm all about like the the tactile keyboards. Like, I don't know if you remember, like the OG Microsoft Surface had that touch cover, like not the type cover, but the touch cover where it was like felt and like you could type on the letters on that. So I actually liked that keyboard. <laughs> wow. Because like I. I want as little travel as possible in my keys. And that was like the literal bare minimum amount of travel that you could get in a keyboard. So like as much as I like that, I can't get into the on-screen keyboards. Like it just, it's, and especially on the iPad mini, that would just be so small to type on. Well, I, like, it, the iPad I, mini, I, think... I don't have it with me. It's, it's in the bedroom, but like, it's like the perfect size to go like this stick your thumbs on either side and just type away like that and just and just play like it's almost like <laughs> that said most sure of the time, but for three thousand words my god most of the time <laughs> i will actually swipe away and use my fold three and this again is going to be a shocker to so many people i will so i will most so you know if I'm writing editorials and stuff like that, it's different. I don't use the product I'm talking about. It's only the review that I try to write right. large pieces of it. Most of the time, I'll use my Fold 3 on the front keyboard using swipe. Oh, God. On the front what? using swipe. What is key wrong and with swipe you? Because I will be walking away, <laughs> and I kid you not, I'll be walking away, and I'll just be like this. And I'll literally just be like, and I've, I've sent, like, I've sent tweets without even reviewing them. And they've been a perfect. For the for those listening, I should I should point out that Nirav is typing out tweets using swipe on his on his phone, but he's not looking at the phone. So it's like, like presumably it's like, you just have that muscle me- exactly. memory. It's very similar to the BlackBerry day. You remember when we had thinking of a brand that no longer exists or whatever? BlackBerry. It will this year, yeah. but okay. But BlackBerry, <laughs> I used to be able to walk down the street and type away without even looking. Or even the XDA phone we launched in 2020, you know, like that one with uh, FX Tech. Like, I can type away on that without looking at the phone because it's got that okay. muscle memory. Like, you can, like, it's like, okay, you know, and I'm, I've always been a touch typer. Hence why when when I when SwiftKey comes out and its ability to predictively, I mean SwiftKey's prediction is a bit crap at times, but like right. the ability right. to just swipe away, for me, makes a huge difference. And I've written, you know, and I do that on a lot of phones actually. To be fair, depending on the right size, like I love the Z Flip Three. In fact, the Z Flip Three opened up is better than the Z Fold Three for like typing. It's like the perfect size mm, for me to okay. just swipe away on with SwiftKey, and I'll be like. I can write a thousand words, fifteen hundred words, no, no issues whatsoever, without even realizing. Hmm. All right. I mean, hey, mad respect. I, I, I cannot do that. Um. And as much as I would like to, I've done the occasional. I wrote this review on this product, but you know, that's usually more like computers. And I want to say there was a phone that I did, but I use. I was using a Bluetooth keyboard at the time because I've got like this 
this Logitech, um, I'm holding it up here. I've got the Logitech K898, 980, 970, something like that. Anyway, it has a phone holder built into the back of it, which is kind of cool, but it's also funny because like when you put a tablet in there and the tablet is off, I'm basically looking at myself in a mirror when I type and it's just really, <laughs> it's really weird. Um, but anyway, so like I've done that occasionally, but to, to compose like 3000 words on an iPad mini, I don't see myself doing What it comes like down to ever. is it depends on the person you are. Most okay. people are a sit at a computer. You know, I've got these two giant monitors here, which I told you about off, 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 you know, before we like off screen, off camera, whatever. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, great. Most people are like sit in front of this and type. Again, yeah. anyone who's worked with me knows that that is definitely not me. I take most of That's my phone calls whilst walking. Uh, I'll sit on my couch with my phone and write, draft my emails and draft that. Why? Because it's just, mm -hmm. I'm a mobile person. I like to be doing something other than sitting at a thing and, and pattering away, you know? Gotcha. In fact, it's so I'm bad. A patterer. It's so bad. It's like, I never want to sit at a computer anymore. I just want to use my phone and for you know everything, what? which is nuts. This is such a perfect transition. I couldn't ask for a better transition. So I've written a number of different questions. Now the now the intention here, and I'm just going to give this 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 introduction once. Um, but the intention here was to you know anytime I would talk to anybody for either Beyond a Doubt or for another segment, uh, whatever I would ask these questions. I think there's ten or twelve. I haven't actually counted, um, but I wanted to ask all these questions and get the same answer so I could eventually put together like a video compilation of like all the answers. And I did two or three of these before you know before, in 2021 and none of them worked out like for some reason there was just something wrong with them like i think one of them like the video didn't record right and the other one the audio didn't record so anyway so i'm i'm balling it up throwing it in the trash can and i'm repurposing these questions this is going to be the end of every beyond a down segment at least for 2022 and maybe what i'll do is at the end of 2022 I'll do these. Um, I'll do these questions again. So let's get into these questions. It's kind of a lightning round. I don't really have a, a title for it yet. Um, but so this is uh, this. Is, we're gonna just dive Beyond right into the these screen. questions here. Beyond the screen. There you go. Um, so uh, first of all, I want you to look at the camera, say your name, and if you want, add your title and the company slash publication. Nirav Gondja, Chief Content Officer for Busy Pixel Media, which is XDA Developers, Pocket Now, App Advice, and a bunch of other sites. Excellent, excellent. So, um, and continuing with the conversation that we just had, are you a roamer or do you have one set location for work? And that, like, that's literally the first question, which is I'm why this is such a perfect segue. I'll work from yeah. wherever. Uh, I, I have an apartment that was, I was like multiple rooms. I've, I was actually the most productive I've been in a few months when I was in a hospital. So like, I will work from anywhere. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. That's, that's legit. So what is the last song or artist that, that you listened to while you were working? Miley Cyrus, The Climb. Shocking to so many people, not... but listen to the words. As an exec, you will always like, especially someone like me, there's always elements of self-doubt. There's always things that you go, is this the right decision? Mm -hmm. For some reason, that song really resonates with me. And it's actually Excellent. whenever Excellent. I drive to the office that we have, so like I will listen to that every morning. I, I listen to that most days, in fact. It's one of my let's get let's get shit done kind of songs. Nice, nice. I like it. I'm going to listen to that after we're done here. So, uh, what is the one word Metaverse. that a PR person... Okay, let me ask the question first. What is the one word that a PR person can put into an email subject that will get an insta-delete? I'll give you two. Well, Metaverse is, is, is recent, is... but the one that's always incredible. Incredible. Okay, okay. I can see that. I can see that. You won't believe this incredible. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I don't. I, I'm trying to remember how many incredible or amazing or anything or, that's hyperbole. Because if you don't, if I don't, if in the first two seconds I'm like, you're full of it. Not only am I going to block it, 
I'm going to move you. I, I have separate inboxes, like separate like folders. I'm going to move you to a deprioritized one, get back to you a month every time you send me an email and basically will never care. Oof. Ouch. I get All uh, right. 200 to 300 emails a day. Well, sure, sure. I'm, I mean, I'm. I don't know if I'm that level, but yeah, I'm, I'm somewhere in <laughs> you know that neighborhood. I mean? like you just but... don't have time to deal with them. You know, I totally get it. Um, so I would, I would say, I'm, I'm actually. I just went on a seven day vacation. I came back with an inbox of three hundred some emails, but I did triage some while I was on vacation because I'm a workaholic. So, but yeah, I'm probably at around the fifty mark but anyway so what is one thing you wish all pr people knew about you or your content i said it earlier i actually what's the, the reason i like still love to review because i spent the best you know i spent five four years selling these products to people and a further five years fixing problems for customers mm-hmm so I spent, I've got about nine years of experience dealing with the end user. And I don't think there's many journalists out there who can actually agree with me there. You know, I, I can tell you one I do know, Chris Velasco, formerly of Best Buy fame, you know? Oh, okay. And I think when you, there's <laughs> levels of, we live in a bubble. I've got to say this, we live in a bubble. Why do people, I know this is a line around, so I apologize, but we live in a bubble. Why do people, we all think that people care about these things. No, actually, for anyone who knows that most people don't give a crap about half of the things that people spend so much time on in a review. They don't, they don't care yeah. about any of that. Agree. There's bare basics that Agree. people care about. And what I'll tell you is in nine years, it hadn't changed. I lived through that transition from coming to retail to start researching and in the nine years since also it hasn't changed either because i talk to people in retail all the time consume and i studied yeah. biobehavior as one of my modules at university all of this is like super easy that you go there are still the same things that people actually care about the rest of it doesn't matter yeah, I, I I just commented in a in a recent meeting, um, a recent uh, mobile meeting over at Digital Trends that like people will spend you know ten minutes reading an iPhone 13 Pro versus Google Pixel 6 Pro piece, and then turn around and go buy a Motorola phone. You know, it's like because that's what they're you know that's, that's what their budget that, for. That's the what Motorola they want to buy. That's what. There's a hundred reasons that it's cheap. This. Yeah. <laughs> it's cheap and it's a crappy economy uh all right so um bah, 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 bah. yeah how long do you take to write a proper review and i'm talking about from the time that the you get the box in the mail to the time that you push the publisher oh, in my case move it to the section edit <laughs> i used to be i used to be uh I used to do like seven days, eight days. More recently, okay. especially in this with all the thing, I'm more like two, two and a half weeks, maybe three, two and a half weeks. Okay. Mainly because I hate to rush things. Secondly, because I get way too busy. And third, because it just, there's processes and other stuff. So I'd probably say about two weeks. Gotcha. Most of the time gotcha. when I get a new product, so, uh I wait like... The thing, okay, it depends what it is. If it's a Z a foldable, I'll do it straight away because I love it. If it's anything else, I'm like, I don't really need right. it. I'm actually quite bored. So it takes me a okay, day or two to actually fair. want to start. That's fair. <laughs> I have a Surface that's 202 so, that I barely even set up. It's not for review. I bought one. I'm just oh. like, I haven't even set it up because I'm like, eh, I'm not that interested anymore. I like the Duo too. But anyway, so in a crunch, how fast could you pump one out if you had to? Like if you five days and and I asked this five days okay five days. I asked this because um towards the end of 2021 I had not one but two phones that I was given to like on a Friday and said okay the embargo lifts on Monday so, <laughs> so I will never I will never do a full full review and all the battery stuff but I can easily pump out two and a half three thousand words on that inside 24 hours sure like a hands on or something more like, like that, a but. the first part of a review where I'll cover large right. swathes of what needs to be covered. But there's some things you can't mm -hmm. do inside a short period of time, like battery, properly to sure. battery. Everything else, I could do 75% yeah. of the review inside 48 hours. Okay. All right. 
So has there ever been a product that you have received and tested that was ultimately so bad you decided not to review it? And without naming names, if possible, what was Oh, it? there's so many. I, I <laughs> okay. think I've got like 10 that I, I can definitely recall. There's a bunch. It's been, I've had a robot vacuum that I was like, this thing just hoovered up a bunch of crap and then just carried on driving and dispersed the crap elsewhere in my apartment. <laughs> okay, I was gonna, I was going to say if you didn't finish that, that's what it was supposed to do. Like that's literally its job, but okay, dispersing it later that's bad. Yeah, okay. Dispersing it later bad. So, I've had Right. I've had a fan, no, and like an air conditioner unit that yeah. its job was to take water and and turn it into cold thing. But what it was doing is it was sucking up the water and then just spraying water at you. <laughs> well, in fair in fairness, you were probably cooler when it did that. No, I wasn't. <laughs> That's the point. It was baking. Um, I've okay. had. <laughs> oh, I've had a smart lock that locked me out of my house. <laughs> okay. I've had a doorbell that refused to ever ring. All right, that's a problem. Yeah. Right. right. What? What? What's the point? Like, there's. I've had probably products in every single category. If it fails to do its main job, most of the time I just won't be bothered. But sometimes I will write a negative review because I think there's nothing okay. wrong with that. My favorite example, and I gotta call it out. I'm not gonna. It's. I, I can't say it without saying who it is. So I'm gonna say, this was one of the first ever durable phones released. The Galaxy S4 okay. Active. And I right. had one of the early samples. So clearly it wasn't a fully retail unit. No, yeah. So I was like, great. This is back when I my own thing. This is like, God, we're talking like 15 years ago. And definitely all, every, all of this stuff is definitely durable now. So it doesn't reflect on Samsung in any way. Right, right. Brand definitely. new phone. I'm like, yeah, let's test this out. Stick it in a bowl of water. Take it out. <laughs> Zap. Dead. <laughs> Turns out oh, that man. they forgot to seal the bloody battery. Like they they forgot to like. I, I just don't physically know why in God's name that thing broke. But I was like sheepishly on the phone to Biarpius, and then this was in the UK where everything got delivered before twelve o'clock. I was like, uh, "Hey, bud. So this happened. Can you get me another one?" He's like, "You received it an hour ago." Do you need to do anything else? I was like, no, I was just too excited to test out the water resistance. And he's like, to their credit, they sent me one the next day and it was perfectly fine. So. Okay, good. And something <laughs> else good. happened. So I just said, I'm not reviewing this at the end. But yeah, that was an interesting okay. one. I've had. Yeah, that, that that's probably it. Okay. Um, so do you prefer producing written content, audio content, or video content? And why why is your why is Order, whatever your written preference? audio video? Okay. Written audio video? Video okay. takes a lot of I think creativity. Sometimes I do have, but I have I lack the discipline, patience, and I you know, I reach a point where I'm like, I just can't be bothered. Preach, bother, brother. Got it. So video requires okay. that accessibility. There is an exception. Like written is always my favorite because I can just smash it out. It takes like a video takes hundreds of hours or 50 hours to reach that 100 hours to reach that kind of level. In that much time, I can do mm -hmm. so much good in on a website, you know, and I've always been a website yeah, man. Definitely. Audio next because I love talking. Clearly, anyone in the guy, you all know that. But the exception to all of this is. <laughs> I love doing videos where it's one shots. I'm literally a one shot wonder when it comes to video. Don't I'm not going to script it. I don't want to set up this fancy screen green screen. But stick me in front of a camera okay. at an event. Tell me to talk about the product I've just received and just seen. Yeah. And 98 I'll get like a video that's 98% there. Straight away. Okay, I got. It. That's legit. Okay, and then um blah, blah, blah. Influencers, here to stay or a bubble waiting to burst? Man, why are you asking me a question that's... Uh, I'm sorry, many of my friends are... I'm going to call them content creators. And I guess this is the question. Influencers and content creators are two very different things. That's true. Influencers, that's true. in the context of all of these fancy lifestyle people whose sole job is to try and, and scam and kind of, and kind of like... 
barter their way to a good life, exchanging traffic for this, that, and the other. A good Yelp review for a hotel. Yeah, or a good review. I'll do a good review if you give me seven nights complimentary, but a bad review if you don't. Where it's basically just a con, a con artist or grifters even, they can go to hell. Mm -hmm. Our friends in industry, they're incredibly... Some of them are the first people and the only people I I trust to give their opinion. There is very little difference between video and audio. The only exception to that difference is going to be that... Sorry, video, audio, and content. Ultimately, it's just a different mean to get creative. On written content, it's all about the words you choose. Audio, it's mm-hmm. it's often about the tona- your tone, the connotation, just the, the passion you put in. Video is about the visual creativity and ideas you have. And I've got probably three right. people who are like... Holy hell! These are pe- I'd watch these all day long, you know. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, all right. Um, and then I just got two more questions. Who's the first reviewer that you read slash listen to slash watch slash go to when reviews drop for a new product, other than yourself? I'm gonna give you a few. Michael Fisher. Oh, okay. All right. I I can't ever give you just one. This is just too difficult, and I like to talk more no that's fair that's fair michael fisher quite possibly one of the most trustworthy people i've come across yeah and i know agree marquez very similar okay i don't have a respect for a lot of like for many of the other like a lot of the bigger like channels because i i, I know a lot about business practices that i don't agree with but marquez i'm like really outstanding kind of individual and i met him and you know we did him feature tech awards hall of fame all of this stuff is like great uh i when it comes to iPhone and Apple related stuff, I do like Renee because I think he is somewhat Renee Ritchie because he's somewhat straight talking. Oh yeah, and and then it like to be fair, then it depends. Like I like Matt Swider a fair bit as well in terms okay. of writing and like, reading his stuff. So that's basically it. All right. All right, well, that's a good roster. I like it. And then finally, the last question I have for you, and uh, you know, then we'll let you uh, let you talk about yourself for a moment. But uh, if you weren't doing what you do, and normal this 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 is phrased as if you were not a reviewer, what you would be doing for a living. But if you weren't the CEO COO of Busy Pixel Media, what would you be doing for a living these days? That's a good question. <laughs> so I come from a family of business people. I'd definitely be running several okay. businesses. And in fact, I have interests in several businesses at this point. I would nice. probably be, a, I'd have a few different things, hand in a few pies. Definitely property, which I do have some interest in. I already have, you know, some my hand in. I okay. would probably still be in web, most likely in e-commerce and in web development. So it's kind of very related to what we do now. Okay. And... I really don't know. I think I would have tried to join the ELT of a network by now. All right. All right. And it's I, like I can get on board with that. But really and truly what I do now is is like a core definition of part of me. My life has no, kind I, of I evolved totally around as well, you know, as long past off evolved evolved around the people, you know, my job and what I do for a living. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent oh, agree. Last thing right. would most likely be marketing and PR, because you know, <laughs> because you are who you are. Um, well, you are not doing any of those jobs because you are working at Busy Pixel Media. So now this is the time where I'm going to go ahead and roll out the red carpet for you and let you uh, go ahead and and pimp your stuff out there. If people want to find you on the internet, um, where would they where would they do that? Best place, come find me on Twitter at Nirav. That's N I R A V E. Instagram is Nirav G, but I barely use it because can't be bothered. Uh, running theme of my life. I would also say, you know what? Check out the Busy Pixel Media team. Like that's busypixel.com, xda-developers.com, pocketnow.com, and pocketnow YouTube as well. Jaime does an insanely good job over there of just mm-hmm. great quality video. You know, we do the daily. We've got appadvice.com. Just go check out my Twitter bio. It's got everything. And also go okay. follow at Educate Charity 
on all social media platforms because that's a charity I'm planning to launch in the coming months and years. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we'll look forward to that. And maybe we can have you on again to talk about that once it's fully launched and we can get the word out there. But for now, I'm going to thank you humbly for uh, taking the time out to chat with me and through the numerous false starts that we went through to get here. So I appreciate your your patience with that. And um, I want to thank everybody who tuned in live to watch us and uh, for those who are listening to the high quality feed later on i want to thank everybody for listening and for giving us the benefit of the doubt